0: You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, and this episode is sponsored by Cozy Earth. Cozy Earth makes deliciously comfortable and high-quality sheets, bath towels, pajamas, and clothing. I love my Cozy Earth bedding, and I cannot recommend it highly enough. Whether you've recently had a baby, you need your bed to be a cozy escape, or you value comfort way more than you ever thought possible, Cozy Earth is for you. Cozy Earth sheets are incredibly soft and durable and come in beautiful neutral colors. They're also temperature regulating, which means they'll keep you cool and comfortable all night. Cozy Earth has been featured on Oprah's favorites list four years in a row, and they have a 10-year warranty on all their products. They also offer a 100-night sleep test, which means you can try these sheets for 100 nights, and if you don't love them, you can send them back for a full refund. Cozy Earth provided an exclusive offer for my listeners today. That's 35% off site-wide when you use the code 3in30 at CozyEarth.com. C-O-Z-Y-E-A-R-T-H dot com. Once again, that's 35% off site-wide when you use the code 3in30 at CozyEarth.com. Welcome to 3in30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. Almost nothing can make a parent second-guess themselves as much as setting rules and boundaries with their kids. Was I too harsh? Was I too lenient? Should I let that annoying behavior go or should I give a consequence? Am I being a gentle parent? Am I being too gentle of a parent? Did I do the right thing? Am I messing up my child forever? Good grief. The mental chatter can be like a tsunami. First of all, I just want to say that you are doing a really good job, truly. Parenting is hard, and there is no way to do it perfectly all the time. Sometimes you will be too harsh with your kids. Sometimes you'll be too lenient. Sometimes you'll overreact and give an outsized consequence. And sometimes you will nail it. I truly believe that as long as you keep loving your kids and trying your best to guide and teach them through the ups and downs of family life, they are going to be just fine. Release some of the pressure you've been putting on yourself to get parenting and discipline and consequences and boundaries perfect because it's not possible and you are doing the best that you can. As an added resource for you with this confusing part of parenting, I invited my friend and colleague, Stacey Collins, back to the podcast for a follow-up episode, a part two, about how to hold boundaries with your children. After we aired her first episode last month, we got some questions from listeners through email and Instagram, asking for guidance on their specific situations with their children. We read over all the questions we received and put together three overarching principles that we think address many of the questions we received. We hope these three takeaways can help you as you are figuring out what boundaries and rules you want to have within your home. As a reminder, Stacy is the program director for my Self-Shared Motherhood program. She's a mom of three and has a master's degree in education and certifications in simplicity parenting in Tinkergarten. She's a wealth of knowledge on all things parenting, and I can't wait for you to hear from her again. Here we go. I'm so glad to have Stacy back on 3 and 30 today. Hello, Stacy. Welcome back.
1: Hi, Rachel. Glad to be back.
0: So after you did your episode on boundaries with kids last month, we got a ton of questions and specific scenarios from listeners of 3 and 30, which makes complete sense to me because boundaries are so personal and personal to your family values, your individual children. And so it makes sense that there's a lot of follow-up and needing to sort of dive in a little deeper and figure out the nuances that work for your family. So we're gonna give some follow-up today, but also just keep in mind everyone listening that you know your family best and take these principles and apply them in a way that works for you and your kids. But we'll give kind of some overarching thoughts on taking what we've learned about boundaries a step further. So before we jump into that, Stacey, Can you remind everyone what your three takeaways were last time? And then that can kind of be the basis that leads into our discussion today.
1: Yeah. First, you want to connect with your child. So that's number one. First, you connect. Then you correct or give the appropriate or desired behavior. And last, you expect or redirect. So you set the expectation or you might redirect them into a different activity, Mm -hmm. depending on what you want to do in that moment.
0: Yeah. And we gave this sort of simple three-step process that you can modify for your own children in situations. And I stand by it. I think that these three steps do help my children tremendously, but we're going to dive in a little deeper to some nuance to this in our discussion today.
1: Yeah. Our first takeaway today is that a rule is different than a boundary. So a boundary is something that you do to protect yourself, which we talked a lot about Last episode, it's what you will or will not do in a certain situation. A rule is an expectation in your home that often has consequences linked to it. So, you don't have rules for other adults. You know, you don't say to your husband or to your best friend, This is how you're going to act around me, but you do with kids because we are given the responsibility to steward these children and to help them to grow into their potential. So, rules help establish a safe environment for which our children to learn. And one could argue, okay, aren't rules about controlling the other person? But I really like to think of it as the rules in my household are about helping my children to grow into their potential. And the rules are what's making it possible for all of us to continue the onward movement of growth and togetherness.
0: Yeah. And that distinction between a rule and a boundary is really important. So a boundary is what you will do. Like if your partner is yelling at you, then you will leave the room or if your children leave their clothes all over the floor, you will not pick them up. You will ask them to do it. It's your behavior, whereas rules are more about the expected behavior in your home. And if they don't follow that, there will be a consequence that's outside of just the boundary that you have set of your behavior. There may be like an actual consequence that comes after that misbehavior. So hopefully that distinction will help people sort of figure out, okay, What are the rules that I really care about in my house? And what are just boundaries that I set for the things that I will and will not do? And I also wanted to add here that it's really important to remember that you don't have to have a rule or a boundary for every little tiny misbehavior that happens in your house. I think sometimes when moms hear podcast episodes about limits or boundaries, they think, okay, now i got to nip every single misbehavior in the bud. And they all of a sudden are running around, like you talked about in the last episode, Stacy, like with a hammer, just like hammering every tiny little annoying thing that they see their kids doing. There's no need to always have a rule or a boundary. Some things you can just let go. Can you think of an example of that in your home, Stacey?
1: Yeah, we were just in kind of a different situation than my kids are usually in. For better or worse, my husband does all of the Costco shopping, so I don't have to bring my three young children to Costco. But we all went as a family yesterday, and my kids were acting like they had never been inside a store before, which is silly because they have. But I didn't set up the situation. I didn't set any rules in place. And so at one point, my five-year-old is yelling at her dad, who has a different shopping cart, I want grapes. And like everyone in Costco can hear. Mm -hmm. And so in that situation, I knew a self-boundary for me was that I'm not going to yell at my kids. Mm -hmm. And so I knew I wasn't going to descend into that, even though that's what like my body wanted to do. But I also knew that this was a one-time thing and I can talk to them later about it, but I didn't set up any sort of system. And so I also have to go by my personal boundary, which is I don't scream at my kids out of anger or frustration. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Uh, And so it's not like in that situation, you weren't like, now I need to have a rule that I enforce for the store because you're like, this is actually an unusual circumstance. They don't usually act like this. The other night we went and got takeout. We got dinner from a local hamburger place. My kids love it. They were really excited. But we had to wait in the drive-thru for a really long time because we didn't know that a bus was in front of us with like 10 plus teenage boys on it. So that took forever to get their order. So the kids were really hungry and antsy when we got home. I took a couple of french fries from one of my children and ate them. And this child completely lost their mind. I mean, went berserk screaming, ran upstairs, slammed the door about the fact that I had taken a few French fries. My instinct was what a spoiled brat. Like I cannot (laughs) believe that they just act like that when we bought them this fun dinner and I wanted to just throw the food in the trash can. That was my like angry response is fine. If you're going to act like that, you don't get this food. And then I stopped and I took a deep breath and I thought, this is actually not typical behavior at all for this child. I think that they're just really tired and hungry and overwhelmed. And I can show a little compassion here. I don't need to catastrophize the situation and think now we need to make this big rule for dinner time in our house because it wasn't a typical situation. I did not throw the food away. And actually the child came downstairs a few minutes later and said, wow, I totally overreacted. I'm so sorry. And then we just went on with dinner. I think about how different that would have been if that child had come down and seen that we'd thrown away their food. We don't need to like put the hammer down all the time. It's like, think about the situations in your life, in your home that are coming up consistently that are a problem and then decide that you want to create boundaries and rules around those. But for like these kind of one-off things or these weird instances, you can just let it go and not put so much pressure on yourself to come up with the perfect system to handle that in the future when it's probably not even going to happen in the future. Or if it does, it'll be very occasionally.
1: Yeah. Or you're even in a calmer spot. So like Emma was yelling about grapes in Costco and I didn't respond in that moment because that wasn't the time to respond. But I absolutely was like in the car later, hey, you really wanted grapes in that moment you know, I connected, I corrected, I did the expect or redirect, but that was after the situation had passed. And when we were preparing to go into Costco the next time, I will also establish those things beforehand. Mm -hmm. But we don't use boundaries as saying, I'm setting a boundary right now and then reacting out of fear, anger, resentment, frustration, because then all that's getting muddled up in our children's experience is my mom is mad and I'm somehow controlling her emotions. We don't want to trust small children or older children to do that with. That's not their job.
0: Let's take a quick break to thank this episode's sponsors. This week, we're continuing our conversation about boundaries with kids. This can feel like a defeating topic for parents sometimes. We know we need boundaries, but we have had so many failed attempts, sometimes it feels embarrassing. Or maybe you're good about sticking with boundaries and your children are pushing back or having an especially hard time and you don't know how to help them. Therapy is a safe place to talk about the real scenarios you're going through with your family, and a professional counselor is equipped with tools to help. BetterHelp makes it easy to get started with a counselor without overthinking it. You simply fill out a confidential questionnaire at betterhelp.com slash 3 30 and they will match you with a counselor within about 48 hours. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can help you get there. Visit betterhelp.com slash 3 30 today to get 10% off your first month. That's better, H-E-L-P dot slash 3in30. This podcast is also sponsored by Lust Brands, a three-step hair care system designed to make caring for curly hair simple. Learning to work with my natural hair has been a lifelong journey. I used to straighten my hair every day, but as a busy mom, now I usually just let my hair air dry while I work or run errands. But then it ends up looking like a frizzy, awkward in-between. Not quite wavy, not quite curly, not quite straight. It feels so good to use products that enhance my unique waves instead of trying to change them. And Lust Brands makes it easier than ever. Lust is all about helping each person embrace and love their unique waves, curls, kinks, and coils. I really like how my hair looks when I use their simple three step system, which includes shampoo, conditioner, and an all in one styler. Lust Brands makes my waves look their best, and yours will too. Right now, my listeners can get 15% off your first purchase of $50 or more, but only when you go to lessbrands.com and enter promo code 3 and 30 That's L-U-S brands with an S dot com and promo code 3 and 30 Don't wait. Get 15% off with promo code 3 and 30 at lessbrands.com. L-U-S-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com. So I think that leads really well into the second takeaway, which is that deciding on your rules and boundaries needs to be careful and deliberate. It does not need to happen in the moment. You can't set every boundary, especially with certain kids. Certain kids really have a harder time with limits than others. And for those kids, you have to be careful and think about what is actually worth putting my foot down and saying no. I'm holding this boundary or I'm holding this rule. And what can I let go? Because I don't want to destroy my relationship with this child because I have so many rules. And this child is just naturally somebody that pushes against those more often. Yeah. I love the
1: idea that sometimes we think that we're planting a hydrangea and then what ends up growing is a little hot pepper. Mm -hmm. And I think this has helped me a lot in my relationship with one of my children who I really have to focus on how am I going to create the best environment for that little pepper to grow into who she can be. Mm -hmm. That there's a flexibility required with parenting with boundaries Mm -hmm. and rules. And so we really have to keep everyone in mind as we are setting them, but also recognize that boundaries are about keeping ourselves safe. So I have a boundary around yelling kids. I have a boundary for myself that I cannot be around it and that I will not be around it because I don't think it's appropriate to hang out with people who are yelling at me. And so then you remove yourself from that situation as opposed to over-focusing on the child and that behavior in their upset in a way that becomes destructive for both you and them and your relationship.
0: Mm -hmm. So you leave the room when your child is yelling because you can't handle it. What if that child follows you and keeps screaming? And banging on the door. What yeah. Do you
1: do? Yeah. And it's funny because it's it's not so much like a physical walkout as a I will not stay emotionally engaged in a conversation mm-hmm. when someone is yelling at me. That is a boundary that I have for myself with all the other humans in my life. Mm. And so what that looks like with my eight year old who is he gets overwhelmed easily and, and is loud and shouts sometimes. I just say, like, I'm not talking to you about this when you are speaking in that tone of voice with me. And I often don't remove my body from that situation. I might just sit on the bed with him. And he's not a rager, so it's not like he's running around doing it. But my daughter is. I still just like sit on the bed with them and I just don't engage emotionally. Mm. It doesn't mean that I'm not there for them. It doesn't mean that I'm not holding space for them. In fact, I'm probably doing both things, but I'm not yelling back. And I'm not contributing to their upset. By engaging and giving any power to that, because that's not what I want to see long term for them. I don't think it's healthy or good for people to grow up and think that they can yell and have other people respond.
0: Yeah. One of my favorite bits of parenting advice I ever heard was by Clayton Christensen. And he said that the same heat that softens a carrot hardens an egg. And I love that image that we think that our parenting will have the same effect on all of our children. But some of our kids are carrots and some of our kids are eggs. And so with some of our kids, putting the heat on, maybe having more rules and things like that can really soften them and bring out the best in them. And for others of our children, the same types of rules and limits can really harden them and can destroy your relationship with them. And you have to know your kids individually and think about them deeply and think, okay, what are the rules and limits and boundaries that I can set that are going to help this specific child to reach their highest potential. And maybe I'm not going to fight as many battles as I do with my other children, because this child is different than my other children. One of the moms wrote in and she said, I want to just read it. She said, I have six kids. Three of them respond very well to stuff like this. Hey guys, I need you to do this or this is going to happen. And they do what I ask. But I have two others that push back hard. They forget. They don't want to. With my kids that push back, I sometimes don't set as many boundaries on them for this reason. My husband sees it as permissive. I see it as preserving our relationship. I don't know who is right. And I would say to this mom, maybe you're both right. And that's okay. It's okay to look at your individual relationship and what is going to bring out the best for that child in that child and to adjust accordingly. You don't want to tiptoe around your stronger-willed kids and never have any boundaries or limits because you know, you're know you never wanting them to have a reaction, but you want to carefully decide what is worth having a boundary or a limit with and set those accordingly.
1: Yeah. I think of my older son who, like I said, is loud. He has a loud voice. I like to talk. He likes to talk. Oftentimes, when he was younger, I tried to manage his voice levels. I tried to say, like, be quieter. If you're going to keep yelling, you're going to have to come sit with me. And over and over and over again. And I realized I was running my head into a wall. Mm. And so now instead, the rule is that inside is inside voices and outside is outside voices. Like, I don't need to manage each behavior and each thing in every single new situation. I just have kind of an overarching rule. And I don't try to continue to micromanage all of his behaviors mm. because it's not mine to manage.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And even though you have that rule, there's probably still times when he's indoors that he's talking louder than you wish he were. And you've probably had to decide that you're not always going to call him out on that because then you would be calling him out on it every second of every day and talk about damaging to someone's soul (laughs) to like constantly be told, shh, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet over and over. Like there comes a point when you just have to let it go.
1: Yeah. And sometimes we as parents, especially moms set uh, boundaries because we're worried about the judgment of others. Mm. But really what we need to look at is like their opinions don't matter unless you're asking. They don't matter. And so you get to decide what rules and boundaries you want for your home and then decide how that works within your home.
0: And that's not to say that you're not teaching your kids manners and you're just letting them behave however you want, however they want in public places. That's not what we're saying. But there comes a point when You have to decide what you're going to keep and what you're going to let go. And it can't be all because of the judgment of other people. Another thing I wanted to add here is that when you realize that a boundary or a rule needs to be made, you don't need to do it right in that moment. So, you know, you can have that careful, deliberate process later. So one of our friends, she's on the team with us. She came to a team meeting after listening to the first boundaries episode and was tearful and described a situation where her four-year-old son had asked for yogurt with chocolate chips for breakfast. She had gotten him yogurt with chocolate chips, put it in front of him, and he freaked out and said he didn't want it. So then she's like, well, this is what you asked for. I'm not making you anything else. She went over to feed the baby and he raged and threw a remote and she tried to put him in his room and he followed her around. And wouldn't stay in his room. And it just escalated into this huge thing. And here she's thinking like, I should be better with limits and rules and boundaries. I should know what to do here. And I'm just overwhelmed and I need to get to work and I need to get him to preschool. And what do I do? And my thought after hearing that was just, it's okay to think, whoa, that did not go well. And clearly we need some better rules and boundaries in our house. But right now I just need to get everybody out the door. So I just need to get him calm, get him some food, even though maybe that means giving him something else, even though I said I wouldn't get him some food and then have a discussion with him later about what the rule is going to be going forward. You don't have to figure out that rule or boundary in the moment when you're super escalated.
1: Right. Sometimes you can just say something about this. Does not feel good to you? Mm -hmm. And that's just the connection piece that oftentimes escalated children and escalated people need to connect with ourselves and connect with each other. And that leads perfectly into our third takeaway, which is the child's reaction to your thoughtful boundary doesn't need to be managed. So when our friend's child was raging and throwing remotes and refusing to stay in his room and all things that I think all of us are like, oh, my gosh, what do you do? What do you do? It's okay for them to respond that way. All they are doing is emoting. And sometimes the way that they express their emotions is not what you think is appropriate. Mm -hmm. Right. But that's like the point of development and growth within children. They're not always going to act in their best self, just like we don't always act in our best self. Mm -hmm. And so I think in that situation, our friend did a perfect job holding the boundary. She set a limit and then said what she was going to do, which is I'm going to feed the baby. And let that four-year-old act the way that he was going to, and then she's going to follow up later Mm -hmm. to probably shape that behavior and set a different rule or boundary or whatever it is in that space.
0: Yeah. And in that example, or many others that mom submitted to us, what if the behavior, their reaction to your boundary does need to be managed because it's dangerous? So like, yeah, they're not just throwing the remote at the ground, but they're throwing it at the baby's head, or they're right. trying to punch you and kick you and attack you. Like, what do you do then? Because you, then you do have to manage their reaction to your boundary.
1: Yeah, and that's what I mean by you set a boundary in the beginning. So if you have a boundary that no one hits you or another vulnerable person, like a baby or another sibling, then you just hold that boundary. You can hold their little hands, you can hug them tight, even if they're upset, and you can say. I will not let you hurt the baby in that way. I will not allow someone to be hurt in our home. This is a safe place for everyone. Mm -hmm. You can be upset, but go do it somewhere where you're not going to be hurting someone else. And you can take the baby and walk away, or you can just hold your little fierce three-year-old's hands and say, I won't let you hurt me like that. I won't let you touch my body in that way. And that's actually the same boundary that I teach my older children to have around their two-and-a-half-year-old sister who is really enjoying and leaning into her hitting phase right now. Mm -hmm. And she just goes around and hits because she wants to know what's going to happen and see what power it gives her. And I've given my older kids permission to just take her little hands and hold them gently and say, I will not let you touch my body in that way.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if they persist, then you have to leave. You have to remove yourself. So if you have a larger child that is raging and throwing things and dangerous and you realize like, I'm literally not capable of carrying them to their room and shutting the door then you have to leave. And maybe that honestly means like you leave and go sit in your locked car or you leave and you go lock the bathroom door and let them finish getting their rage out, you know, but that's a boundary because it's what you are doing, not what you Mm -hmm. are expecting them to do. But kids are going to have big reactions to our rules and boundaries, especially certain temperaments of kids. And that doesn't mean that you did anything wrong or that the boundary isn't valid. Sometimes it might mean that you need to take a closer look at your boundary or your rule to decide if it's something that you really think, was it actually thoughtful? If not, then maybe I need to have a new rule or boundary. But if you have done the deliberate, careful work of figuring out what your rules and your boundaries are going to be in your home and they don't like it, it's okay. They're allowed to not like it and you're allowed to still hold that boundary.
1: Yeah. So another mom wrote in to us and said, I'm actually okay at setting a boundary, but my kids always say, why do you have to be so mean? My youngest is the worst and says, never, I will never help you. And I think my answer to that would be in the most loving way, it doesn't have to matter what they say in that moment. Mm-hmm. If you've set a boundary and you know that it's right, and this mom even says, like, we are a family unit and we need to work together. If you know that that's right for you and your family, then just maintain your boundary. Yeah. Oftentimes we hear a response We don't like the response. And so therefore we make it wrong and we make it something that we have to manage.
0: Yeah, I mean, when I read this, I could totally relate to this mom saying like, so frustrating. I help my kids all day. Like, why would they talk to me like this? I'm like, yep, I get it. I've totally been frustrated there too. And also maybe laugh about it in your head and just be like, that is so ridiculous that she just said that to me. Moving on, you don't need to take it so personally. They're allowed to have whatever reaction that they have and you're allowed to hold your boundary. I recently had a friend give me a compliment that was one of the best compliments I've ever received, honestly. And she said, my favorite thing about you is that you have such good boundaries that I know that I'm safe with you and I trust you more and I feel safer in our relationship because you have good boundaries. And that's what we want our kids to feel. We want them to know that they can trust us, that we will keep ourselves safe and we will keep them safe because we are firm in our self-assurance and we are firm in knowing what our boundaries and our rules are going to be. I agree, Rachel. Yeah. So hopefully this conversation was helpful to all of you listening think about the situations in your own family, in your own life, and how these principles may apply. It's sometimes frustrating to listen to something like this and not have them give you like a cut and dried blueprint of how to parent your strongwalled children. It's not possible for us to do that because we don't know your kids. We don't know if they're carrots or eggs or hydrangeas or peppers. And you get to figure that out and figure out how to put the boundaries and rules in place that will create the most safe, loving environment in your home. So we're rooting for you. You can do it. And thanks so much, Stacy, for coming back on for a follow-up episode. Of course, it was fun. Okay, friends, we gave you a lot to think about in that episode, and we hope you had some ahas as you heard us discuss the nuances of holding limits with our children. To recap our three takeaways, remember, first, a rule is different than a boundary. A boundary is what you will do in a situation to protect yourself mentally, emotionally, or physically. It's about how you will engage in the relationships in your life. A rule is about what you expect others to do. In this case, what you expect your children to do in order to grow into the best version of themselves. And I like what Stacey pointed out in the episode that in adult relationships, healthy relationships anyway, we don't really have rules. We only have boundaries. But in our parent-child relationship, we do need to have some rules in order to hopefully encourage the best within our children as they are growing and developing. Sometimes you'll need a boundary in your relationship with your child. Sometimes you'll need a rule. And sometimes you won't need either. Every tiny misbehavior does not merit a smackdown. And sometimes you can just let go of the little stuff. So when you listen to episodes like this about setting limits with your kids Don't then run out and overdo it, which leads really well into the second takeaway. Deciding on your rules and boundaries needs to be careful and deliberate because you can't set every boundary, especially with certain kids. Decide what's most important to you based on your family and personal values and stick to your guns on that. But don't make rash decisions about your rules when you're in the moment or you're angry. Make sure your decision about what you want to enforce is coming from a thoughtful place. Remember, the same heat that softens a carrot hardens an egg. And it's not always best to just turn up the heat on your child and try to enforce a million rules. Choose wisely. And third, your child is most likely going to have a big reaction to your boundary or rule, and that's okay. As long as you know your boundary is meaningful and was created with their best interest and the family's best interest in mind, hold to it and try to disengage from their drama. You don't need to manage their big feelings about it or try to force them not to have those big feelings about it. You just need to be a steady and safe place for them by being confident and consistent. I hope this conversation and these three principles will be helpful for you as you decide what rules and boundaries to hold in your home. This is not easy work, and like I said in the beginning, you're never going to get it perfect 100% of the time, but as long as you keep working at it, I know it will pay off. If you'd like to hear more conversations about boundary setting with kids, I'll link some of our past episodes in the show notes, including a fabulous episode with Dr. Danae Barahona about diffusing power struggles, as well as several episodes with Dr. Katie Penry about setting loving limits with your children. More than anything, I hope you know that you can do this. I'm rooting for you and I hope you have a beautiful week with your family.